Welcome to Fit Inspired Mama Podcast. I am your host, Nishma Karim. I started to podcast so I can allow myself to be me and to talk about life, love, expectations, and so much more. But now, I also allow women to express who they are, the challenges they have gone through, and what lessons we have learned in life. Women are fighters. We can fight our own freedom and decide what we want. No matter what we go through, we dust ourselves off, get back up, and fight even harder. This is my podcast. Come and listen in as we inspire you one episode at a time. Thank you again for joining in today's podcast with Fit Inspired Mama. Today's guest speaker we have is Shaista Fatheli. She is herself a very phenomenal mother. She's also a kindergarten teacher. Today I had a question for her. The biggest question was, are my kids ready for kindergarten? There are a lot of parents out there that probably have that same question. After COVID, a lot of our kids were sitting around at home doing homeschooling but are they actually ready, physically, mentally ready to get to school and go back to school full-time? So today's question was all about that. Shaista has so many tips and tricks for you that you can start implementing before kindergarten starts in September. If your kid is not starting today or this year, they will be starting sometime in next year, but this is the great opportunity for you guys to learn what you can do to make sure your kids are ready for kindergarten. So let's listen to Shaista Fateli. Welcome here. Thank you so much for being here today. We have Shaista Fateli here with us today to talk to us about kindergarten. And the biggest reason I wanted her to be here is because we have so many mothers that are actually bringing their kids into kindergarten this year. And they have so many questions. And I thought Shaisa would be the best person to answer most of those questions. As you all know, Shaisa Fabielli is a kindergarten teacher herself. And she is a founder of Thrive Kids BC, where she works with children and families to help nurture connection, empower a sense of self-worth, and discover what is needed for individual families to thrive. Over the years, she has developed programs such as the Thrive Kids Virtual Early Learning Academy, Thrive Mommy, and Thrive Babies. So here she is today to talk about our kids who are starting kindergarten this year in September. Are they truly ready? Well, let's find out. Hi, Shaisa. Thank you so much for being here today. Hi, Nishma. It's so glad to be here. And I love, this is my favorite, favorite topic to, to talk about. Kindergarten and kindergarten readiness. Yeah, very um, excited to talk about this. That is so exciting. I'm glad that you're here to talk about it because honestly speaking, I don't know what I would have done without you today because I have so many questions to ask you and I bet you there's so many other moms out there that probably have the same questions. So before we start, I just want you to just introduce yourself as you, as who you are truly. And I, I just want to 
want to know more about you before we start the conversation? Aww. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I have been loving listening to your podcast and you have so many wonderful guests on and I'm just so honored to be a part of that group and just be a guest here. So a little bit about me. I am, as you mentioned, a kindergarten teacher and I love teaching kindergarten. That is my truest passion um, ever since I was five years old. And um, I really, I think the reason I really love teaching kindergarten is because there's such a deep connection that I'm able to have with the students at that such young age. They have this curious personality and um, they love they love their teachers no matter what. And they're looking for that reciprocal love and affection, right? And they're looking for someone to, to help them along the way. Now, I did start at Thrive Kids because I also wanted to ensure that there was a place for all kids and families to help develop soft skills that we don't usually get a chance to teach within the school day, right? So even though I'm able to put certain concepts or structures in, in order to make a big impact, I knew that I had to do something that uh, was a bit more thorough and was built on a foundation. And that's how Thrive Kids grew. And today I work with many, many, many different families um, and children. That's amazing. It's just so wonderful to be able to talk to someone like that, especially when you do so much work around kids like that. So I know you have a ton of information and this is why I brought you in because I was like hey this would be a great topic to talk to Shaisa about. So Shaisa how do I want to give you a little bit of information about me so you kind of know what's really going on and I just mm -hmm. thought there'd probably be other mothers feeling the same way so I'm not the new mom I am the older mother that has a second child going to kindergarten now. So my first was about five and a half when she started kindergarten she was five, she, she, her birthday's in March, but then she turns six in the, sorry, sorry, her birthday's in March, but then she goes to school in September, right? So she was five and a half when she had started, and I thought she was ready, she's good to go, and she's ready to go. Great. My second child is only four years old. So when she turns five, it'll be in December. So by the time she even starts, she's not five yet. At one point, I was like, I don't know if she's ready for kindergarten or not. Because of her age, I was not sure if I should maybe keep her one year later or not. But I felt like she was ready. She does her alphabet. She knows it. She doesn't write it right fully, which is fine. But we're, we're working on that. She says her numbers up to like 20 or 30. And I think that she's a lot faster than my first one at some point. But I need some information on that. What do you think? I, I've already put her in, so let's see how that goes. But I just thought I would give you ask you because I bet there were so many other moms like, should we sometimes think about it? Maybe we should kind of allow them to take another year or should we just put them in? Yeah, so I get this question quite a bit. And personally, I actually, my first daughter, who is 
going to be 10 in December, uh, is of course born in December. And I actually made the decision to start her a year later. Now, I don't think there is a right and a wrong way. But the advice I always give to parents is, if you are starting later, what are you doing to help your child in the meanwhile, right? Like, so what else are you putting in? So for example, there uh, there may be a children in my school who, um, whose parents work quite a bit, they may work shift work. And in that case, they're, a lot, they're always at home with their grandparents. And the grandparents may not have the capacity or the capability to watch them for another year and to help build upon uh, skills, right? So in terms of development, there's two things that need to happen. You need to have the developmental age, but you also have to have experience. So if those two are not there together, then the, the, the progress or the goals that you intend for your child won't really happen, right? Um, so that is one really great piece of advice. What are you doing in the meantime? Now, I was able to make that decision because I am a kindergarten teacher myself. Right. So I knew what kinds of opportunities I was able to give to my daughter. I also was able to give her experiences that I knew she wouldn't receive when she goes to school, like spending time at um, seniors care homes and that sort of thing, right? Where um, even though she wasn't at school, at the time where she was supposed to go to school, she was still learning and developing, right? Now, in terms of academic development, Quite honestly, as kindergarten teachers, that is something we're not even super concerned about, right? So that is something that we will work on at school. What we do want is for children to be socially ready for kindergarten and to be independent in some um, some some regular habits, right, that will um, enable them to not only feel successful, but be successful. That, that's amazing, because I always have to figure, I'm just always trying to figure out, is, are, are they ready? Is she ready? Mm-hmm. You know, I'll ask her questions, I'll do some projects with her to confirm. So when I ask you that, I'm like, how do we even know if our kids are ready to start kindergarten. Yeah, this is such a, this is another top question that I get. So I'll give you a little bit of a surface answer at first, right? So academically, and this isn't the case, remember that kids have their own developmental trajectory, and they're going to differ in this in, in, in both, both upwards and on the other direction as well, right? But in general, academically, we want kids to be able to recognize their name. They may not even be able to print their name, but recognize their name. They, we want them to have an awareness 
of letters and letter sounds. And that can look like just singing the alphabet song. That can look like knowing letter sound correspondence. That can look like knowing environmental print, which are the signs that we see outside like Walmart or McDonald's. In terms of writing, really what we want to see is that they have a willingness to write or to print, right? So they might not even have the correct pencil grip and that's something that your teacher will work on. That's what kindergarten is for, right? But we do want them to have an ability, a willingness to do these, these types of activities, right? So um, in terms of socially and emotionally, we do want children, there's going to be children who are going to jump in and just go for it and say, see you later, mom, right? And then there's going to be those children who may need a little bit more time, right? And either one is fine. And your kindergarten teacher will work with you. Typically, what I say is that if by the time Thanksgiving um, in Canada rolls around, right? So like, first week of October or so, and you haven't had the, um, you haven't seen much of a difference in terms of lessening anxiety or feeling comfortable, then that is a place, that is a time where you can look at alternative actions and maybe put some supports in place. But generally speaking, it does take six weeks for kids to be accustomed to the routines of beginning school. Yeah, that's that's a huge thing, right? Because right now they probably go to either kin like daycare or something. So they already are doing something. Most majority of them are. And so majority of them are staying with their grandparents or whatever. So then I think about, okay, so if they are those kids that stay with grandparents or someone that more familiar with compared to going to school. Now going to school right after is gonna give them a shock. Oh yeah. First time shock. So is there some kind of a way to allow them to get used to going to school or bringing yeah. them to school or do this, do the teachers ever work with you to say, okay, well, let us try to do a gradual entry with them. Like that is something so important that a lot of parents will be like, ah. Uh. Yes, so that yes, yeah, so definitely that is why every school district has gradual entry. Okay, good to know. To um, accommodate all children and have all children be successful, right? Now the 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 um the gra the gradual entry part, sorry, something just fell there. The gradual entry um, is going to look different for every school district here in BC, but in general, it's it's about two weeks long. If your child needs more time, you can work uh, with your teacher on that. But gradual entry is a really great way for children to gradually enter school, right? Especially those kids who may not have been in a school-like setting, right? And I know with the pandemic as well, there's a lot of kids who didn't have the opportunity to go to programs even like Strong Start or um, Kindergarten Readiness, right? So it will be more of a shock. But some really cool tips that I love to share with parents is first of all, really talking about school, right? Like, oh, you're going to be going to school and making it really fun. 
What I have noticed is, and I've, I've given this advice to many parents, when you, they know that you as a parent trust their teacher, that will make the transition easier. So when you're very vocal about it, right? So you know what? Um, so I go by Miss Kaba, right? So they'll say, I really trust Miss Kaba. She is going to keep you safe. And all of a sudden, when they come through that door, they're going to feel safe because their parents have told them that, right? Another really good tip is to make a quote-unquote field trip to the school, right? So you're going with mom or you're going with dad or grandparents and you're, you're walking to the playground, you're noticing different areas of, your, of the school. And again, with so much enthusiasm, right? This is going to be your school. Kids thrive, especially at that young age, on routine and knowing what to expect. So a general shape of the day, right? You're gonna walk in through the door, your teacher might be doing some stuff with you as a group. Then you're gonna have some time to play outside and you're gonna be with your friends. And then in kindergarten, you also get time to play with different materials at center time. So talking in that way and allowing the kid, the, your child to hear what's going to happen is really gonna help them so they know what to expect. Another really great tip that I really wanted to share, and I actually do this in my own district, we give out books to kids um, that we know are going to be in the classroom. So I, I can give you a few suggestions because I know that these books are going to be in the kindergarten classroom. Okay, so one is um, The Kissing Hand. Okay, so The Kissing Hand by Odd. Aud Aubrey Penn, I believe. Um, that is a really great book that every kindergarten teacher is going to read on the first week of kindergarten. So if you have that at home, and it's about a, if you look it up on Amazon, it's about a raccoon and this raccoon is going off to school and mommy gives a kissing hand and makes ma makes the raccoon feel all, all nice and safe and comfortable. And what often happens is that kids will come in then with their own kissing hand from their parents, right? And then they come in, they look into the, in, in the classroom and they see the book and there's this automatic correlation there. Oh, hey, I saw I had this at home. And now I'm seeing it at school. So it makes that transition a lot smoother. That's wonderful. I love those tips. Those are amazing. I love the fact that I need to get that book. Definitely. Yeah, I'll yeah, yeah. For sure for myself, especially with my little one, I think it'll be a great idea. There's some kind of fun activities that you think that would be really good to get these kids to get prepared for school. I love the reading aspect of it, too. I remember there was another book that I used to read my firstborn called um, Lammy went to or Yama went to school. Yama Mama went to school or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's another really good one. Lama Lama went to school. Yes. There's a lot of really great books. The one um, that we're giving out in our district is called The Only You, Only You. It's through Scholastic. I can't remember the exact name, but basically it's about a fish family. And this fish, this little tiny little fish is going out and venturing off into, off into the world. And 
the message of the story is be you. You are the only you that there is. So that's another really great one. In terms of other activities, another really fun activity, this is going to be really, really helpful for your little one as well. You might have already done it with your older one, but when you are ordering um, a lunch kit, right, let's say for your child, right, and you know that this is the lunch kit that they're going to take with them to school, have a picnic and use that lunch kit in the summer. Put in things that you would normally put in uh, your child's lunch, right? And this is a really, I know this, a lot of people probably are uh, aware of what to put, but many people aren't. And I'll tell you why, because in the kindergarten classroom at lunchtime, there is no teacher, right? So there is a supervisor, but the supervisor is often watching two or three other classes. And they may have lunch monitors, but they're kids themselves, right? So you really want to put in items that are easy for your child to open up and to eat independently and quickly because the time frame is so short. And the best advice I can give is to practice this during the summertime. And have that time frame, which is typically 20 minutes. It's actually 15 minutes, but most kindergarten teachers will get some extra time, right? Especially in the beginning. But mm-hmm. you really want to practice this. If there's a fruit, for example, that needs to be peeled, peel it beforehand. Um, particularly during uh, the pandemic, during COVID, it's very difficult for teachers to help peel fruit or anything else yeah things have changed changed quite a bit and so don't feel guilty about putting in easy stuff make it easy for you so that it's easier for your child something else that happens a lot is that I'll often get um, parents who are really worried because their child hasn't eaten much during the day but they will come home and eat. And this is due to a lot of, could be the anxiety that they're having, but it's also due to the constraint time that they have. And yeah, and there's that, that's also a time where they're with their friends and they're socially eating, right? So when you think about us, if we go out with our friends, we're, we're going to take a long time to eat. We're not done in 20 minutes because we are socializing, right? Yeah, they're playing and they're talking. Exactly. And so as long as I always let parents know, I understand that it's concerning, but as long as they have some nutrition and then when they are at home or before school um, having proper nutrition, that is okay. So it kind of relieves the pressure off a little bit. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. My daughter will always come back with so much food left over. And I'll ask her the same thing. I'm like, what? What? You didn't eat anything? And she's like, mom, we only had a short time and we didn't have enough time to finish everything. And I always keep thinking, yeah, right. Because there's some days that she finishes everything. And now you're like telling her the same thing. So yes, okay, I get it. It is true. It's not a lie. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's very true. Very, very true. Thank you so much for all that information. It was so great to get all that tips. And I believe a lot of moms out there will be grateful for the fact that they're getting this information and they're able to just listen in and be like, hey, well, is this the right thing, the right choice for my child? So this is great. 
The other thing I really want to talk to you about is about your podcast. I am mom. Oh, you yeah. started this podcast and I am so thrilled to have it here and announce it to on my podcast too, because I'm a mom and I listen to it and I love it because there's so much information out there when it comes to, you know, your child's anxiety, um, your, about your me, about managing teens or, or so much more out there that you are still bringing out and so much information. So I would love for you to talk to me a little bit about your podcast and how you started this because it is phenomenal. And I wanted the rest of the world to know. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, we um, started our podcast. It's not even been a month and, and, Thanks to God and higher powers, we were able to reach the top five in uh, parenting podcasts across Canada. And we are just so honored and blessed to have this opportunity to share. Now, I've been on many, many podcasts, and I've always known that I've, want, I've always had this feeling that I've wanted to start my own podcast, but things weren't really aligning, right? I was involved in a lot of different other things. And I also knew that I wanted to collaborate with someone else because when you have a collaboration, just like you do, you have guests, the value just increases more. And as we know, part of our faith-based community is to provide service. And this is what our podcast does. It provides service to everybody. And we talk about topics that are so relatable and actionable. So I am mom. It actually stands for I, for inspiration, A, actionable actionable steps that you can use for M to manifest the magical life that you desire for you and your family, right? So, and that's what I really wanted to do was to give these actionable tips. Someone once told me there's so much information out there. When you hear this information, what do you do next? There's not much action that we're, we're invited to do. Right. And so that's what we do in our podcast is we provide you with these tips and these strategies that you can use right away in order to reach a certain state or goal. Yeah, it's just it's just so amazing because when you started this podcast, I was the first one to jump in, honestly speaking, anything to do with moms, I am ready. I'm ready to listen in because I think every mom needs to listen to them. Every mom, we are all imperfect. I have to be honest, we're not perfect. None of us are, but we feel down. We feel like we're lost. We feel like we're not worthy enough. We feel like we've made so many mistakes with our kids. And, you know, we feel like we just need that extra, that extra talk. And I think you bring that into your podcast, which I'm so with, you know, I just, I love it. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for bringing it out. Thank you for having it available for all moms. So if anyone is listening, it's called I am mom. Shaisa has also written a book. I want you to talk about that. I want that to be out too. I know I haven't read it yet, but I do want to get it. And I do want to read it to my kids, but I'd love to hear more about it. Oh, yes. So this book, um, Honestly, it's not even my book. I feel 
so removed from it because I'll tell you why I feel more like a channel or a vessel that um, is projecting this message that my book uh, has right and so just to give you a little bit of a background so the book is called back home and it's based upon a a Muslim student Uh, a young girl named Asha who comes from an Eastern country and um, settles in a Western country, right? And on the forefront, when you're reading the book, it goes through the the events that she has, right? The experiences that she has. But when you look closer and you read in between the lines, this book is a message about humanity and connection. And it it has really... um, heightened this conversation around systemic racism, right? Islamophobia. This book brings about how we are all connected based on the simple fact of humanity Mm -hmm. and how we are all diverse, yet we have this overarching um, intellect, right? This, this, this communal in intellect or uh, consciousness that we're all a part of. And this concept is very difficult for adults to understand. And that is why I chose to ri- write it as a children's book, because children are not as I guess, brainwashed, right, into these societal um, messages or subliminal messages even that we hear as adults and have heard as growing up. So in order to make the changes that we want to see in the world, I firmly believe that the starting point is with our kids. And Lately, in terms of what um, we've encountered, uh, Canada has encountered lately, there's been a lot of talk on how we teach our kids this, right? And literature is one of the best ways to teach our kids about this concept of universal, universal uni, universality. I can't say that properly, but um, this human connection, right? That, that we're all together. We are all part of this higher consciousness or being and celebrating our diversity and uh, coming together, really. Yeah, I love it. I'm so, okay, what's the name of it again? called Back Home. Back Home. Um, Yeah, and you can find it. It's in all bookstores um, and in many school districts as well. Great. I'm going to make sure that I have that available for myself. And if anyone else needs it, you know you can get it up. Shaysa, I'm so, so thankful and so grateful for you to be here today. Because honestly speaking, I have been waiting for today to be here so we could talk about the kindergarten, about you, about your podcast, about your book. I've been so, so grateful to meet you, to be able to do this. And yes, you're right. I have had such an opportunity to find so many beautiful women to be on this podcast. And one of them is you. And the fact that I did, you know, when I started podcasting too, I started to do it more as a wanting to just 
allow people to be themselves, me, myself, to be who I am. And it was very difficult growing up that way. And today, the fact that I'm meeting more and more beautiful individuals just like you on this podcast to come here and talk about more inspiring things, to inspire more women out there. And the fact that I'm so grateful for that and you and many others, I'm just, I'm, I'm just ready to say, this is why I started this. This is why I did it. And I'm so thankful for that. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for giving your all your insight here today. And so there's a lot of people that might be like, hey, I want to talk to Shaisa or I want to get her message or I want to check out Thrive Kids BC. I don't know. How would they get a hold of you? Yeah, so I'm on social media at Thrive Kids BC on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Um, a great way to find out more about the podcast, the book, and also the services that I offer is through my website. So it's thrivekidsbc.ca. And there is a option there to leave a email message as well. So that is um, the best way to reach out and to um, ask me any questions, whether it be anxiety around starting kindergarten, whether it may be anxiety that you may feel as a mom. Um, or intention setting, or how to talk to your kids about systemic racism, whatever it is, you can feel free to contact me. And I am more than happy to provide that service. That's amazing. Thank you so much for that. I am grateful for that. I will have all your information under my description as well, just in case if anyone has missed it. Other than that, I'm just so grateful to have you. Thank you so much for being here. And for the rest that are listening, please do not forget to subscribe. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and you've got lots of information out of this because we're so happy to be here just like everyone else. So other than that, have a fabulous, fabulous week and we will see you next week.